Welcome to the Off the Charts Football Podcast. I'm Matt Manicharian of Sports Info Solution, joined by the R&D Jamboree, Alex Vigerman, James Weaver, and Bryce Rossler. Along as always is our producer, Justin Stein. And here this week, after doing the AFC last week and drafting out our over and under team total picks, we are going to go through the NFC today. So again, using the, the model that James built, James, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to happy to be here. And the model that was slightly tweaked over the last week, maybe to correct for some collusion, maybe not. I'm not sure. But we're going to get into it with the NFC this week. Alex, anything anything off the top before we get into it? Go birds. Go birds. Flipping it in the other direction, we are going to reverse the order of last week. So we drafted. Matt, then Alex, then Bryce, then James. This week, James will be picking first. So we'll see. Maybe he'll choose the Birds, one of his over-under teams. But it'll be James first, then Bryce, then Alex, then me. And then we will flip back around until we get to number 16. As a reminder, you can draft the over if the other under for a team has been drafted or vice versa. I mean, we'll just talk about any teams that are left over at the edge. All right, let's get into it. First pick. Mr. Weaver, what do you got? I, with our model, will be going pretty chalk here, and I will be taking the Minnesota Vikings under eight and a half wins. A good pick. A good pick. That's nice. That's what I was expecting. I mean, it, it's pretty chalky considering what everyone thought of the Vikings throughout most of last year. And yeah, their line reflects that their record from last year was somewhat of a fluke. But even beyond that, I think I buy this. Yeah, I like the pick. I, I think I also like my spot picking fourth here, getting the fourth and fifth. You'll turn around there because I like what's on the board too. What I'm curious about is the six win, the six win total being projected by the model. I think that's that's really interesting here. Like Alex, for as much as you could say, like it's chalky at the same time. Like I don't think anybody has that winning six games this year. Yeah, and we were talking before the before we started recording about like. Oh, when I was late, you guys were talking. No, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> the that basically like the results of James's model are at times like more extreme than we would ever project, but do reflect a certain amount of of opinion about like the the core quality of the team. And this was a team that was what like one eleven and one in one score games or something ridiculous. Like that stuff balancing out would have had a totally different color for the way that that team looks. We know that our our own Jeff Dean wrote an article earlier in the offseason about how he was not super satisfied with their draft and 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 how they're looking heading into the season. And I think there's I think their floor is relatively high. Like I don't think I think 6 wins might be their like I, I it's more on the lower end of their range of outcomes, I guess. But I also would say that like to repeat what they did last year in terms of record would be I guess it's within their range of outcomes, but it's it's certainly at the very high. Yeah, this team overall last year, they were 19th in offensive EPA per play and 25th in defensive EPA per play. So in the bottom half in both on both sides of the ball in terms of efficiency. And then Alex, yeah, you brought it up. They were 11-0 in one score games in the regular season, which is absolutely ridiculous. You're usually looking at a team that goes 501 score games, and it's actually a pretty predictive metric in terms of regression in terms of the following season. So pulling out 11 wins in one score games is is absolutely ridiculous. 
And then, yeah, you lose guys like Dalvin Cook on the offensive side of the ball and Patrick Peterson on the defensive side of the ball, two bona fide leaders on the team. And yeah, like you, like you said, I Jeff Dean wrote about the Vikings and guys with a lot of grit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was saving that for later, but sure, we can bring that up now. It's been all season last year talking about how the, the Vikings and especially the Giants were frauds. I wonder how quickly the Giants come up because their their win total, I'm looking at it, is also at, at eight and a half. And they seemed even more fraudulent than the Vikings to me last year. So I don't know. We'll wait. We'll wait to talk about them. But interesting. All right. Second pick. Bryce, you are on the clock. I see he's just putting his headphones on. That means he's getting serious. Are you communicating with somebody that's helping you with these picks? No, I have a puppy who's trying to eat things she shouldn't be eating. I'm going to take the chalk that I thought James was going to take because I thought this was clearly the best one. I'm going to take Eagles over 10 and a half. <laughs> yeah, that is the chalkiest chalk. I'm just happy you got there before Alex could steal it from under me. Our model has them... At a win total of 14 and a half, which I think is probably a little high. And it's fair to it's expect like, to what Alex was saying about how the model will predict things that you would never like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's still a, a really, really talented team. 10 and a half just seems super, super low with all the talent on that roster. Even factoring in a bit of regression last year, I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL, especially if Jalen Hurts continues on his upward trajectory. I think. Ten and a half is a gimme. Yeah, for what it's worth, there the price has been bet up uh, on Pinnacle from ten and a half minus one fifty one, staying at ten and a half, but ten and a half, but going up to minus one seventy nine. So there definitely has been some sediment in the market of of the over on this side. What do you know? I'm a sharp. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think it makes sense to me. I think that was a strong pick, Alex. Is that what you would have gone after with the third overall pick? With the third overall, well, it's I guess it depends on what was two. The Eagles were not, for what it's worth, number one on my board. All right. But you'll see why I might have my the, my bias is not exactly like it, my, I have the same bias for my for, for each pick, so it doesn't you'll 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 get it in a second. But anyway, yeah, I I think that the team I think that the, the ten and a half is like reflective of a little bit of caution about a team that kind of like shows up and and looks like a world beater with sort of like one season, especially based on a quarterback that's doing that. So I to some extent by the skepticism and obviously they've had to like entirely remake the defense and have different coordinators on both sides of the ball so like there's a lot of theoretical uncertainty but it's a pretty uh you know the organization is is very stable and i think that it's you know ten and a half feels a little low if not like a lot low like like the model suggests yeah i'm with all that it's hard to think of ways that they that they don't get there with their roster short up like a Carson Wentz-like implosion. Alex, third pick, you're up. So yeah, so speaking of my own personal biases, my bias is against the Giants. So <laughs> I will be taking the Giants under eight and a half. For what it's worth, the model does not actually suggest that this is a hard under. We have it at a little smidge decimal points under eight wins. But in terms of, as James mentioned, sort of like the price they're, they're minus 220 to be under that eight and a half. So very strong lean in that direction. And similar, I mean, you know, we just talked about the Vikings, like it's the same story. And there's a little bit, I mean, the Giants are doing a little bit more of like running it back where they brought, they kept their big name guys that were all the, the talk was about their contract situations. Maybe Darren Waller moves the needle a little bit on the offensive side, but probably not too much. And 
you know, there's some interesting pieces on the defensive side, but it's just like, I, mostly this is just like a bet against Daniel Jones. And I'll admit that like as a first pick, that might be a little rich, but like he didn't have, he didn't have the kind of improvement th- this past year that Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen had, right? We're not talking about that level jump that some people might sort of think of when you're thinking of, of guys who sort of like make a leap in one year as a quarterback. I'm with it. They started, what, 6-1 last year? Three of those wins were decided by four points or fewer. Finished the year 9-7-1. and one, Got beat pretty convincingly down the stretch. It's just, they weren't lucky in the same way the Vikings were lucky, because that's like a very extreme example of that. But I think after the Vikings, they're probably due for the most re- negative regression. They were 29th in total points per game last year. <laughs> like, well, that's that's a that's a playoff team right there. I actually had the Giants as a kind of stay away from. Something about the model being close on them and the way that, like, I certainly think that they've, like, mismanaged Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley for, but, like, it seems, it seems to me like they're more likely to face long-term problems and never actually get good more than they, like, implode with their roster as it's like constructed this year. So I actually like, I'm like minus 220. I would actually stay away from that, except that you don't have to worry about us not worrying about the minus 220 part. I never, I never stay away from the big, you know, but I, I I will say that like, if we're talking about the range of, of outcomes, like I'm not saying that the giants are going to win five games. I, I, I just feel more confident that they're not going to win nine. Right. So I will say with the giants, at minus two twenty, that's pretty much I would probably say an average. Look, you're looking at like a seven and a half win total if you're breaking out fifty fifty. But yeah, that that price is really high. And I know like these books sometimes they won't drop those, they will eat those out to the to the edge until another bet could really like another sharp will come in and really hit that. But minus two twenty is like an almost a full a full win or two higher than what it's at right now or what it would be at at the fiftieth percentile. Right. So that, what I heard from that is good pick. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep moving it forward here. Oh, it's my pick on the pivot. I like this. I'll get two shots in a row right now. All right. You guys did take two of my top three picks, but I still have one of those left, and it is chalk as chalk gets in terms of our model loves the Detroit Lions. The model has them for 13 wins, which I'm trying to wrap my head around, but the over-under set at nine and a half, and I like the over as far as that comes. So I'm going to take the Detroit Lions with my first pick there, and I'll turn it to Bryce for analysis. I think that's a very risky proposition. I think like this isn't situation like the 49ers where basically every spot on the roster is better than positional average, except quarterback. Jared Goff is probably a little bit better than like a Brock Purdy, but we've done this song and dance. Literally, before. as you say that, I'm looking at the sonar depth chart at the 3013.com for the Lions. And every position except one of their receivers is is above average based on our ratings. <laughs> uh, disagree. You disagree with our ratings. Well, and it's only yeah. because Jason Williams is out. Yeah, he'll be back. I'm excited about Williams returning. He looked good down the stretch last year. The offensive line is good. I am worried about the linebackers. I'm not sure that Jack Campbell is like an instant impact player, much less uh, first round talent to begin with. I think the defensive line is a bit spotty in places. I'm not super confident in the corner group and Jared Goff is the quarterback. Ooh, so he hates my pick. I don't hate it. Like it 
they very well could win 10 games. I just would never bet on Jared Goff, ever. I think that the the division also helps this. Like, the team quality on its own might not be awesome, but the Packers being in flux, the Vikings we already talked about being questionable, and then the Bears, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people have strong opinions about where the Bears are going to land this year, but like, they could go in two very different directions. Yeah, I agree. I think this this schedule shakes out nicely. I like this pick. I feel good about it, despite the fact that Bryce has been has been scarred by the silver and blue before. We we it's not even necessarily about the Lions. It's about Jared Goff and quarterbacks like him. We do this like we do this every single year with guys like Jared Goff. Am I saying that I think Jared Goff is like a great quarterback, or am I saying that I think he's on a team that's good enough offensively that they can that they can win? 10 games i guess this is so this is actually gets into the range of outcomes thing right like you're betting theoretically that like your expected outcome is higher whereas what i think bryce is arguing is that like jared goff has within his range of outcomes to be good enough to to lead a double digit win team but it might not be something that he would choose as as like his expectation yeah i also think within that range of outcomes he could be a complete dumpster fire if he's a dumpster fire, they probably replace him and get better at the position. So, with with who? Who's their backup? <laughs> Hendon Hooker, right? No, he he he's not healthy, he's not ready right now. No, he's not ready yet. But by I'll give I'll 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 Venmo five dollars to anybody who can tell me who the Lions' backup quarterback is. I mean, I just looked looking this. it up. And, well, I already looked it up. That's fine. You can't keep me in suspense now. It's Nate Sudfeld, the legend. Go Birds! Great player. I think that I feel good about my first pick and I'll move on to my next pick right now. And going hand in hand with the over on the Lions, as Alex indicated, I am taking the under on the Bears, going straight chalk homie. Their line is seven and a half. That seems unbelievably high to me. Our model has them at five and a half. That sounds more accurate. Another easy pick for the Mano. You're out out, out on Justin Fields, huh? I didn't say that. I mean, you just trashed his team. There, no. there are other concerns. Not on his team. Like, I'm not on his team. I'm not out on him. I was going to ask because I genuinely don't know unless I missed something. What did this team do anything in the off season to get better? Yeah, they got uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Yeah, but again, I don't know. Defensively, this team still isn't great. I think that's a asking for a four win bump from what they were in last year. Certainly, is too much for a team that didn't do a whole lot. And I think there's still question marks on this offensive line. And I will say. Drafting and bringing Roshan Johnson was probably pretty solid, but again, we're talking about running backs, and I don't know who really wants to do that nowadays. Yeah, I this is this is my next pick. If Matt didn't take uh, take the Bears under, so I fully in full agreement. They did some decent stuff. They added Darnell Wright first round. They took that Miami court, Tyreek Stevenson mm, in the second yeah. round. They didn't do nothing, but to Matt's point, I think the team is probably still far away from being like a 500 team unless Justin Fields goes supernova this year. I mean, let's say, let's say Justin Fields goes like MVP Lamar Jackson this year, right? That's probably like his 90th percentile or maybe 95th percentile outcome, right? So if we say that that happens, am I still definitely missing on this bet? Seven and a half. Like, like he could be awesome and they could still suck. No, you, if, if he's an MVP, you're you're okay, if it wins the MVP yeah, they'll have to have won at least eight games but like if he wins the MVP they're gonna be the one seed in the NFC yeah but I mean I think he could play like that I don't think that that 
I don't think that they could win that many games. How many games did the Chargers win last year? Good question. 10? 10 and 7, yeah. So that's probably like their absolute best outcome if I think Justin so. Fields explodes his 10 wins. Like absolute best. 10 wins, he's MVP, I think. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you could do that. I don't think mm-hmm. that's what happens, but... 100% disagree, yeah. You're saying there's, you, zero, there's zero chance that a quarterback on a 10-win team wins the MVP. We're yeah, really far afield here. But to, to win the MVP, you need to be the one or two seed in your conference nowadays and be that quarterback on that team. And that means the Bears have to win what? 14? I think on that roster, I could see an argument. Yeah. But I mean, you think in this sport, they say, you know, I know it's not a playing trout on the ink. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it going. The Bears are trash, though. So I like my pick. Let's see. Let's see which other subpar. NFC North teams will come off the board. Number six overall. We are back over to Alex. All right. I'm not going to go with an NFC North team. I'm going to pick... Uh, speaking of of teams that have quarterback situations that we're not sure if we trust, I'm going to take the under on six and a half wins for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like it. Yeah. I mean, they were already like the roster around Brady... It was not quite as elite last year. You know, they, they they have run it back the last couple of years to a large extent, and so it's just like you're taking the same uh, largely collection of players, and they're just getting a little bit older, and, and and you don't have that consistency at the quarterback position, and you're there's a lot of room for for downside there. I do still think that the division. I mean, this is I guess true in a lot of in a lot of NFC divisions. The division is not awesome. But I'm a little higher, I think, on the other teams in the NFC South. Like, I think there's a, a pretty high probability that the, the Bucks are the worst team in that division. And the other teams are, there's enough, like, range of outcomes for the other teams in the NFC South where, like, a couple of them are actually kind of good that I think that that'll contribute a little bit. But it's mostly just, like, the quarterback situation drops off a cliff and everybody else is just kind of a year older. Yeah, I could see it. I like I would I would lean in the same direction as you. Their defense I still think is pretty good, especially as I as you know, I look around on their depth chart and see, you know, the Vitavez and Shaq Barrett's of the world, Jamel Dean, Winfield, like they have some really good players there. I still think the offensive line is is pretty good, although they've had some changes there. But like with Baker Mayfield playing quarterback, the under seems seems like a better bet than the over, especially with with the model agreeing. All right. If there's no rebuttals there, then unimpeached, we will move on to the seventh pick. That was Alex at six. Now the seventh pick is Bryce. All right. Back to the NFC North. I'm taking Packers under seven and a half. Love it. Love it. Explain to the listeners why you took the best the best bet on the board. So Rodgers is obviously gone, but outside, gone. he's so far gone. Like Drake. Yeah. He was he was so far gone last year. And we have no idea what Jordan Love is. He's been sitting on the bench for, what, three years now? The wide receiver room is not great. David Bakhtiari is probably never going to play football again. The interior offensive line is pretty good, but the tackles are iffy. And then the defense is... The defense is weird because they have some they have some really talented players at some really key positions like Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, but I think there's a lot of 
holes in that defense in general. And them being an eight win team last year with Rodgers and things don't be seem to be getting better there. I'm I'm taking under seven and a half all day. Yeah, I think I'm with you on the defense. Like some really good players, like their linebacker room is sick at this point when you look at some of the dudes they have there. But then at the same time, like you couldn't do this with Rodgers last year. Like I, I have a lot of skepticism about where they're going to be at this year. The wheels could come off completely. Like this is really like a big make it or break a year for Mel Floor, I think. But one thing that that I looked at that I saw as a negative from a defensive standpoint is I think it in my head that they don't kind of meet to the sum of their parts. And you look last year defensively, some of their best attributes were were their EPA per play on late downs and in the red zone. And if you expect anything to kind of revert back to the mean, it's those ones. So I, I think that the weaknesses are just too too common there. And they there are too many different holes. It becomes like whack-a-mole with them. And yeah, Rashawn Gary and and yeah, you've got some really good players. But Quay Walker is somebody I, you know who's been was ridiculous. I thought put himself in the conversation as if, to be like a top ten player at his position already. So some really good players, but the sum of the parts just isn't there. And then without Rodgers, I'm with you. Take the under. I don't know. I don't know how big that drop off is. I mean, it could be. Oh, hard. Yeah. It could be pretty big. But well, that's that's our point, right? That we we don't know how how big this drop off is but but it's going to we know that it's going to be a drop i don't know i think my point is i have an idea of how big i think the drop off is going to be <laughs> i don't know i rogers didn't give them a lot last year i i think seven and a half's it like i can't really fight for the over. like i'm gonna um put all my money down the over but like i don't know this is a slam dunk underplay i with this division and there's something about the pack i don't know where where would you rank rogers qb wise last year just last year just or last just year. just 2022 performance i think total points has him like 23rd but i'm looking at his correct here so yeah i mean i was gonna say somewhere like go i think yeah i was probably gonna say like somewhere between 15 and 20 do we for sure jordan love is better than that we don't that's we have, that's don't. where that's where my opinion was is like yeah we have a we have a, a thought in our brain about what aaron Rodgers was and how we feel about that but like that's relative to a guy who literally was coming off of two mvp seasons and so like it's a we're anchored to the the high end, and so when he drops off by a lot, he drops off to fine. Whereas Jordan Love, yeah, we don't know, but we shouldn't assume better than fine. You drafting Christian Watson and uh, Romeo Dubes and Jaden Reed on your fantasy team. Well, it depends on what you think of the quarterback, but yeah, I, I, that was another thing I was going well, to say. Is kind like, of my point. <laughs> the skill, yeah, the the skill position players are not as enticing as they have been in previous years. And yes, part of it was that they were tied to Rodgers, but there's a lot been a lot of rotation in in the pass catchers. And again, and kind of talking the same way with the with the Bucks, like the running backs are another year older each. I think this is certainly this is a team where you can absolutely look all win totals if you think that. The drop off is high. The drop off is a lot. Then you can take a get a under four and a half, under five and a half at a better number. If you think you know love can take off and higher than nine and a half, ten and a half wins and win the division, I think I think the extreme outcomes for this team are are the better value plays. Honestly, I like it right where it is. Good pick, Bryce. Let's hear what this this madman James is going to do with his pivot. 
My pivot's going to be two of the exact same team. And I'm taking the volume on this because one of these teams is going to break this, if not both. But I think I'm going to hit on at least one. So I'm going to go with the certainty. Both in agreement with the model. But the first one I'm going to take is the Atlanta Falcons over eight and a half. Love it. Was next on my board. Obviously, the same thing applies to the quarterback situation. You no idea what Desmond Ritter is. Defensively, though, this team's putting some things together, bringing in Okuda, and I think there was a, there was another big name acquisition they had. Okay, this, oh, is, this is where we deviate. Yep. I'm I'm not rating Okuda. I didn't say Okuda was with you. I was I was with you until until Okuda was brought up. Yeah, I mean he at this that point he probably just needs some fresh air. He has not been great or. Some might say not even good lately, but, you know, bring him in, bring in a secondary, you know, with AJ Terrell, who obviously had a down year last year, but the year before that was obviously one of the top, considerably one of the top five corners in the league. And yeah, I, obviously you hear about all the hype around B. John Robinson, the weapons that they have with London Pitts is very, I mean, obviously can do a lot of things with, yeah, I, I kind of like the upside with this team, the divisions in flux, like the whole NFC is theme of the day. And this can this can be a team with the right steps taken forward can can surprise some people this year. Why do you guys love it? Because I'm I'm less loving of this. So I understand not being super enthusiastic about it with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. I do think that their schedule is very favorable in the first half of the year. They start, let's see, Panthers at home, Packers at home, at Lions, at Jaguars, Texans at home, Commanders at home. Bucks in Tampa, Titans in Nashville, and then Vikings at home. Oh, and then they they go on the road to play the Cardinals. Like that's not that's not a murderer's row by any means. And I think they're pretty talented at a lot of positions on offense. I think Arthur Smith has a good idea of what he's doing. I think Bijan Robinson helps elevate that offense a little bit, if not if not a ton. I'm not super high on Jesse Bates, but that's a good addition. They they did some good stuff. I do feel like you know, we could just made similar arguments about the skill position players a year ago. And yeah, they did some, the offensive scheme combined with Mariota, like it was just like a really strange look for an offense that hopefully will be with a, with a full off season where they're, they're sort of galvanized behind Ritter. I think there's a chance that it looks a little bit more cohesive and similar to my opinion on the Giants. Like I think that the Falcons are not going to win 11 games, but they're, they have a decent shot of getting nine or 10. Yeah, and that's exactly why I think I don't like them at eight and a half. Because so basically, it's like, are they going to be above 500 or not? Right. You're, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the, the dividing line. Like the peak of this team is like getting into the playoffs. Like, like, I don't know, maybe they win that division, but I don't know. I wouldn't even probably pick them in that, in that race. So, it's not anti-Ritter for me. It's not anti-offense for me. I love their offense. They're, they're, they have a great group of skilled talent for sure at this point. The offensive line, I think it's not like they've done a lot to transform it from what they inherited, but some of what they inherited were like guys on their rookie contracts who have actually developed pretty well at this point when you look at a Lingstrom and a McGarry out there. So my concern is the defense. I think the defense is is trash. I have concerns about kind of their strength being at safety. I don't really know how you build a defense that way. I think that they have weaknesses at corner, in pass rush, and run defense. So, like, hard to say that I find them to be very strong in defense in, like, any of the meaningful regards there. So, I think they could be fun to watch this year. 
Uh, I hope Desmond Ritter develops in a in a fun, positive way. If they had gotten Lamar Jackson, I'd be all over over eight and a half. <laughs> but with this, but with with the team as it's presently constructed, I think that they're basically fighting to be a playoff team. I'd probably I'd I'd go over if you at eight eight and a half, but I don't think I'd go over at nine and a half. So this one wasn't wasn't as obvious for me. All right, James, back to you for the ninth pick. Staying in the NFC South and taking another high swing is the Carolina Panthers over seven and a half. Seriously going James, James took the the top two on my uh my list. So took them in the wrong order though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the problem is I think one of these teams contends for the NFC South. I don't know which one it's gonna be. I would, the problem. That's the solution. Sure. But in terms of picking <laughs> one or the other, I I it couldn't tell you, so I'll take them both because I like them both. Yeah. I like the prospects of both of them. Before we get to Bryce Young, I think the coaching staff that the Panthers brought in with Frank Reich and Josh McCown and Ajiro Evero is a really, really good get from what they could have. Obviously, we talked about the Broncos in the last podcast, but the Broncos defense last year was certainly an anchor that kept them kind of floating, I guess to say. But I think bringing him in with having guys like Brian Burns and JC Horn coming back from injury, this Panthers defense last year, they're 20th in EPA per play on defense. It's not great, but I think there's certainly upside there with the new scheme that Evero brings in. Offensively, you bring in some veteran guys, you bring in a Miles Sanders, you bring in Adam Thielen to bring around some vets around Bryce Young and this new offense that's going to take shape. Ikea Kwanu, he drafted him last year as a staple left tackle. So there's pieces around Young for him to succeed. Now, obviously, it's another one of those rookie quarterback situations where you frankly just don't know. But I think there's a lot of good things in place that the Panthers could potentially get over this win total, especially with that division that they're in. I wish I liked their offense better. I think trading DJ Moore for Adam Thielen is not inspiring a lot of confidence. I not literally trading DJ Moore for Adam yes, Thielen. Sure, yes, swapping. Yes, yeah. want anybody coming at you in the comments? They they'll have other reasons, I'm sure. But <laughs> I think, and like you know, as a team that that had Christian McCaffrey for years, like Miles Sanders is not going to remind anyone of Christian McCaffrey in, in terms of of skill set and how well he handles high volume and all that kind of stuff but i do think that there's enough there to be kind of interesting and certainly the model likes the panthers a lot and yeah like i said i the falcons and panthers were right next to each other in my list as well but i actually at least personally see have i can i feel like i'm dreaming on the panthers a little more than i am with the falcons i feel like i see it more with the falcons no, I mean, the big thing that I liked, why I would have taken the Panthers just before the Falcons, they were literally back-to-back on my list too. I would have taken them because the line is seven and a half for them. Yeah. And I that is a more enticing over than the eight and a half for the Falcons. But I think you guys summed it up. Their defense is kind of awesome. Their defense should be pretty awesome this year. I think it would be surprising if their defense didn't largely kind of like pick up where it left off and you get Derek Brown and Brian Burns and Frankie Lugu and all, all kinds of players. J.C. Horn coming back healthy and what he can be when he's at his best. He could have been somebody we were talking about on the top 10 list easily. So I love all that. Theoretically, they've got the tackle position figured out offensively. You know, just like the Giants, they have young guys. They could be good there. Well, I don't know if you consider Taylor Moten how young he is at this point, but you feel good about their their tackles. But then, yeah, it's kind of like they've gotten like this mercenary group of skill players to go along with that this year. It's going to be all eyes on on Bryce Young and if he can 
do enough to win games with the good defense. I think that's kind of like how they play well this year. If he's completely overwhelmed, that's how they, they'd struggle. But I think the defense will keep games close. And I'm hopeful that a year from now, we're talking about some more enticing skill players to go along with him, you know, assuming everybody kind of graduates a year and, and is ready to be really in full compete mode at that point. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I'm not a believer in Bryce Young at all. What 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 is their recipe for being a league average better offense next year look like or this year look like? To be league average or better, I think league average is probably their peak. It's, that's probably their ceiling. Yeah. So, it, but but how do they get there? Is it just like Bryce Young go balls to DJ Shark and Darius Marshall and? Oh, I think I think they're winning games like sixteen, thirteen, and stuff like that. Who do you like more, Bryce Bryce Young or Kenny Pickett from last year? Yeah, I think you see you see the uh, Bryce Young. The way that it would look, I think it would look similar to Baker Mayfield's rookie year with Cleveland. I think that's what a successful offense would look like for them this year. Ball distribution, not overwhelming any everybody, but not being overwhelmed by the speed of the game, showing the accuracy that we all expect from him, not getting knocked out like Tua. And I think then at that point, if they were way below average, you'd be really concerned, right? I feel like they should be like a, a third quadrant team this year offensively i guess you guys are a lot higher on the defense than i am they've, I they've got they, some good players but and, and i like uh, the addition of evero but outside of like burns Derek brown jc horn and that's a guy at each position group i don't know i think there's some holes on that defense we shall find out all right i think we're back over to you bryce so if you're so smart you make the pick well everybody's stolen all mine which is unfortunate so I have to dig deep for this one. I'm going to take 49ers over 11 and a half. Huh. Don't feel great about it. This goes back to our discussion about the Lions over. As a general of thumb, I don't like betting on bad and or inconsistent quarterbacks. And the 49ers, I think, don't even have their quarterback situation figured out this year. But that team is so talented. The defense is really, really good. They're... Offensive skill positions are really good. They won 13 games last year. Brock Purdy starting in five of them. I'm I'm not sure how much the quarterback situation even matters at this point with Kyle Shanahan. The division is not very good. I'll I'll take it over 11 and a half. I don't think it's slam dunk. Yeah, I I, I probably actually would have been on the other side of this one just because 11 and a half is a lot. And I don't see the Niners as a team that sort of has to like race to win games this year. I see them as like a team that's going to try to be peaking a little bit later, like you said, with the unsettled quarterback position and things like that. So that's why this one was really a stay away for me. I can see you were unprepared, and so you made a reach. No, you guys just keep stealing my picks. <laughs> it is interesting because I had I had sort of like three tiers of of how I ranked these out, and I'm just sort of like picking from from among the tiers uh, each time. But the the you we've now t- had multiple of the teams in my lowest tier taken where it's exactly what Matt's saying like I don't know where I would have gone and the 49ers were the the lowest where I was like I'm not sure 11 and a half is a high number it is a high number I I can I can see the argument for it going the other way because of one what we already talked about which was the quarterback position but two they lost their defensive coordinator we got Ryan's going to the Texans and defensive performance year over year tends to be unstable so i get i get people wanting to stay away from this bet alex that was me that was me last week 
I was finding you guys were picking some that I was very surprised by. And that is the, so that seems to be your opposite experience this week. So what I will say is that, yeah, so I, I have the next pick. I'll note that last time there were multiple picks that people made that were the opposite of what I would have picked. That has not happened yet. Not once. No. Nice. All right. So my next pick, staring at some stuff, looking at some stuff. I think that I'm going to take, yeah, we'll be, we'll be fun. We'll take the Saints over nine and a half. Ooh, love that pick because you did not interfere with either of picks. Go on. So again, NFC South has a lot of uncertainty. We just talked about multiple teams where they could go either way. I think the Saints are, I feel probably the best about them in the division from what's worth the the lines agree with that. And I... The model think, agrees with it too. Yeah. And yeah, so for what's worth, the, the James's model has them at 10 and a half. And I, I think, this, I, yeah, this is another team where I don't expect them to win 12 games, but I think that they have decent quarterback play and pretty good skill position players around. Who knows what the Camara situation? I mean, that's the whole thing. And a pretty solid defense. And so it's, it's, I almost see it as like an upgraded, like if you took the Panthers and you just like leveled up the offense across the board, then you get the Saints. And so I feel pretty good about like the quality of the team, if not being like, I, I certainly don't expect them to be competing for like a buy or anything like that. But I do think that with a kind of uncertain competition and a little bit more, I mean, it's not really stability because they're bringing in a new quarterback and, and that kind of thing, but at least sort of like proven commodities in a way that a lot of teams in the NFC don't have. Big Derek Carr guy. Yeah, I mean, I, Derek Carr in that division this year, it's not like a crazy thought, right? I, I, I'm responsible for total points and total points loves Derek Carr. Ipso facto, I love Derek Carr. Love is a very strong word. Can can sometimes fall into infatuation. <laughs> Sounds like no large arguments there. You have the Saints with the over, which matches the model there. I'm going to come in with my pivot here, and I'm going to go off the trash heap. That is right. For my final pick of the third round, I will take the Los Angeles Rams under. Oh my, I think they are trash. This was the other pick I was choosing between. So. Yeah, our model had them teed up for me as something that was flagged as the expects only to win four and a half games. The line there at six and a half. Even though I'm a little bit afraid of Sean McVay, I'm not afraid of almost anything else on this roster. Not even Aaron Donald, as he represents one of the only bright spots remaining on their defense. I look at the, the sonar depth chart that we have for them at 33rdteam.com. And it's really trash all around. The offensive line was garbage last year. I think the R offensive line is going to promise to be garbage again. Nobody's afraid of a team that's starting Skronek at, at receiver. I mean, they tried to trade Tra- Strafford because, uh, Stafford because he's a, a shell of himself and is no longer a healthy, functioning NFL quarterback. So for a lot of reasons, I want the under on the Rams. I'm going to get you a so, shirt that says, I am not scared of Aaron Donald. And to in quotes and saying that. Yeah, this is this is a really, really bad situation on defense. Not Matt, this is not to be condescending because I could certainly not name very many either. How many 
of the Rams projected 2023 starters on defense do you think you could name without looking it up? I'm literally looking at it right now, and the answer would have been three. Not great. Yeah. And I, and like I wouldn't have been super sure about one of them. So yeah. No, yeah. Aaron Donald is is good. The rest is not not a lot of players there that that inspire confidence. And at some point you gotta have players and they just don't have the money or draft capital to have a roster that is stocked with players at this point. So yeah, I see what you did there, Bryce. I was just yeah, so I didn't end up uh, picking they, they do get Cooper Cup back. Yeah, so that was that was what I was thinking was like I was just nervous enough that Stafford would be like kind of healthy, kind of okay, basically just like not a garbage. And Cup, I mean, while he was healthy and Stafford was playing, they he was still lighting it up last year. And so there's a world in which they're just still doing that and that's enough to win 7 games. I could have sworn James was going to step up and, and say, how could I question Rob Havenstein? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, six and a half is a low number. And like with Stafford and McVeigh and Cup and Donald, like are those guys enough to win seven games? Probably if you add up their war. Yeah. But like <laughs> that's not how this sport really works. Okay. Flipping into the last round. My last pick. Also a pretty easy one for me. I am going to again be taking the under. This time, just barely agreeing with the model, the Arizona Cardinals are listed at four and a half, and I've got them at four, and I've got a couple of reasons for this. Reason number one, again, pull up their depth chart. It is really, really ugly looking at a lot of positions, but even more so than that, I'm worried about this franchise. I'm not worried about it. I think this franchise has already reached rock bottom, and they're in the phase over the next year where... They can't even begin to climb out of rock bottom. They're just kind of like stuck at the at the bottom of a sewer somewhere. I think that the sort of malice that's gone on in this franchise is on that level. I think unlike you guys know that I like the over on the, the Texans wins because they don't have to tank. I think this team is organizationally tanking this year. And so maybe they want to make the change at quarterback and get their, their pick of the litter next year. But I think that this this organization is going to need more time. And so even with the numbers set at four and a half, I take the under here. Would your answer change at all if we knew 100% that Kyler Murray would be back from his ACL week one? Yes. I don't okay. expect him to be back week one. I, I don't either. I, I was just asking because I was when I when I was going through these, I was looking at that and I was like four and a half is not a lot of games. Like if, if Kyler Murray was healthy for all 16 or all 17 games, I'd probably take the over, but he might not be back for the first couple of weeks. He might not be a hundred percent when he finally does get back. Yeah. I, I, get I agree with that stuff. I think that, and then I think there's like this whole game that you play where like, if he's not back in time and they're playing well, like, do you play him and they're not playing well? Do you play him in that scenario? And then there become like injury questions with uncertain, you know, future considerations. So to me, I think I, this one seemed like it could get ugly for me. I could understand not wanting to take under four and a half because it's just unlikely that teams lose that many games. But I, I think this team's that bad. Yeah, I, I think that the the risk is basically like Murray comes back a lot earlier than we expect and is not hampered too much in those first couple of games because just like a competent quarterback is enough to get out from under that number. 
yeah, I kind of expect him to like not want to be a part of this, not be in yeah. back. By the time he's ready to come back, they're kind of like already eliminated. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we shouldn't even play him anyway. Like that's Yeah. I think that that's the more likely outcome on on one end of the spectrum, basically. Yeah. Definitely. What were you saying, James before there you could see the more extremes? Although I I can't extreme I can't see them panning out extremely well. Like I can't see them having like twelve wins, but I can see that okay, they can win eight games, sure. Yeah, I think five hundred is the absolute, absolute ceiling. And even then I I don't even know if that's in the in the distribution or not. Well, hold on. There's no such thing as five hundred chips. Sorry. Eight wins. There is such thing as five hundred. Oh, oh sure. That's true. Yeah. They could <laughs> Oh God. Imagine watching the car the twenty twenty three Cardinals tie a game. Seems terrible. That four o'clock time slot on like December twelfth. <laughs> yeah, when there's like two games that. there's two games at the four o'clock slot and the Cardinals are playing the whatever. Yeah. Rams at Cardinals. Yeah. Oh God. Kyler Murray's all bundled up on the sideline, all cozy like a little baby. All right, baby. Alex, you are back on the clock for your final pick. I'm sticking with the brand and going with the under six and a half wins. No! Obvious go-birds. But it's definitely the most like me being a homer I've exposed in any of these episodes that I've been. But So the commanders have... Decent, like I, I guess I honestly like we we've been talking about a handful of teams that have, have like a couple of guys on both sides of the ball, and their quarterback situation is not great, and the Commanders are in that same category as like the Panthers. It's just that they have less upside, in my opinion. And for what it's worth, the the line is in line with that, and our model suggests that they're more in line for five wins than six and a half. So, yeah, the the division is, to whatever extent I think that the Giants are not necessarily a threat, like the Cowboys are pretty good, the Eagles are pretty good, and in general, I just like to, uh, with the exception of a 49ers type situation, I tend to lean towards whatever the quarterback situation is and, and kind of trust that. And so that's wh- that's why I'm on the low end for the commanders. But again, this is, you know, this is my last pick, so I don't feel super confident about it. Yeah, Matt can tell me if he agrees with me on this. I would feel a bit worse about taking the commanders under if I had any confidence that they would name Jacoby Brissett the starter, because I think Brissett is actually like somewhat capable, whereas I think Sam Howell will be a dumpster fire. Well, I think but, we don't know yet. I don't think we, I don't, I don't know, we can't. I If all things being equal, I would expect Brissett to be better than Howell, and I would be more nervous about going under six and a half with him. But that doesn't mean that I think that Brissett is like their better choice. Like probably they should give Howell a shot, even though Brissett's been like a sort of top tier backup and like actually statistically like kind of fine when in a starting role. Yeah. Yeah. But all goal is to hit the, if your goal is to hit the over as a team, sure. But like, that's not what the commanders are trying to do. Yeah. And all indications are that Howell's going to be the starter and the battle is essentially for show. Speaking of, of, that is a risk, though. I think that's a risk of taking the under here. I was very unsure if I would go over and under here because I hate the commanders, but there's enough things to see with like their defense and with Jacoby Brissett, where like figuring out how to win seven games was like totally possible. <laughs> like, no, I agree. I just think that I just don't think they're going to start Brissett. Yeah. But I mean, because is there, sort of to Alex's point, is there for why to win? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I think, I think they're, even if 
So yeah, if you try to like work through the possible paths here, like if they start Howl and he's just like good, then sure, then, then obviously this is the, the wrong side. If they just start reset the whole year, like that feels like an unlikely outcome. And and Howell just like totally ate it in the preseason. That feels, I mean, that's that's bad for their franchise in general. Well, I think because, it would take like a month of right. So then, in that case, if if that's what they're doing, then in order to switch over to Brissett, they have to be doing pretty poorly. So that's kind of what I'm leaning into is like, yeah, Brissett might start a handful of games, but like in order for that to happen, they probably have not had a pretty good start to the season. Are but are we confident that's their prerogative to win games? That's why I would. That's why I'm assuming that Howell will start more games than Brissett. But roster construction wise, no. But in terms of their coaching staff and like, right? Yeah, you, for sure. And like, their defensive line's awesome. Oh, it's amazing. Do not forget about that. Like, if those guys are healthy, like, uh, yeah, they're monsters. Yeah, I, I still have such a Chase Young thing. Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young is coming back. We'll see how good he is after. See if he's all the ever just return to what he was. All right, Bryce, you're on the clock. Second to last pick overall. Are you going to go with one of the two teams that hasn't been picked, either the Seahawks or the Cowboys? Yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys overnight. We have belabored the point throughout this podcast that we do not think the NFC East is very strong in general. I am an outspoken believer in Dak Prescott. I think they have strengths. Elsewhere on the roster, I really like CeeDee Lamb. The offensive line is not as dominant as they were during the first couple of years of Dak's career, but they're still pretty good. I think they have some difference makers on defense. I would not count Trayvon Diggs among them, but Parsons is arguably the best edge rusher in the NFL. If Dak is healthy for all 17 games, it's hard for me to see them being less than a 10-win team in that division, even if I don't think they're like uh you know vying for a buy or gonna make it the super bowl i still think that team can be pretty competitive i think that's fair i had a really hard time with them because that over under was set at nine and a half and the model came out at just eight wins for them so this was one of these situations where i was kind of a stay away because i was i'm sort of teetering towards the over but then the, the line gave that under and so i ended up just saying like okay maybe i don't know what to do with this one but I do think that their offensive and defensive lines are very good, and their quarterback, if he's healthy, is very good. And that's a lot of winning football games that just right there, and we didn't even mention CeeDee Lamb or Trayvon Diggs or any of their actual good defensive backs. So I, I agree with you. I, I think I get you here like as a late pick. I kind of like the over there. It was a stay away for me to this point because the model really made me start to question things. When these came out, this win total was definitely the one that I disagreed with the most. I was really surprised that it came out that low on the Cowboys to not be the winning football team. I think relatively highly of Kellen Moore, so I guess that would be more of a loss than to what the perceived new offense is going to be under McCarthy. Is but, it McCarthy calling plays or is it Schottenheimer? I think it's Schottenheimer. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, even there, I, I think that's probably a little bit of a downgrade, but still to the points of if Dak stays healthy, this is a team that can push for the NFC East, can push for the one seed in the NFC. Defensive talent is loaded. Michael Parsons is, might be the best defensive player in football this year. Yeah, I was I was really shocked at how low this came out at. It's McCarthy. It's McCarthy who's actually going to be the play caller. Does that make you think better or worse? Eh, probably a little worse, but uh, the model doesn't account for that either. So 
even yeah. shocking. Yeah, it's just super surprising total there. Don't know what to make of that. Any reason you can think of why that would be happening, that they'd be coming out as low as they are? They didn't struggle down the stretch last year, did they? I mean, they came out, they beat Philly. It scared me off just enough. Okay, last pick. James, you have the honors. Do I do it? You have the Seahawks there for you, or you can disagree with any of us, probably Bryce or Alex. <laughs> I will say I am high. I have have some position on the Seahawks over, but I want to call out all of you Sam Howe haters because <laughs> I like the Commanders over this year. Nice. That defense last year was still fifth in EPA per play on defense. And if they can do something with Taylor Heineke the last three years and have a minimum seven wins won from each season, I don't know. I, I like this team. I like the weapons that they have. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, both a solid one-two punch at receiver. Brian Robinson came into his own last year at the end of the year as well. I just, it's an, it's a new day in Washington. It's a new day, and I... I think they can, I think they break through the six and a half wins this year. I will note that as we talked about my pick of the commanders under, I became less and less confident in my opinion. So I might agree with you now in a way that I did not agree with you three minutes ago. Oh, uh, other. Yeah, that's so fixel. Oh yeah. I'm a flighty, flighty beast. And what about you, Bryce? Because I felt like James was actually like coming at you personally. I thought he said something about like your family and where you're from. <laughs> And kind of coming back at you there. I just rewind. You know that? I, I don't understand having any optimism about Sam Howell in the year 2023. He never got a chance. He's never had a chance. Yeah, he had you a know. chance. He had plenty of chances in North Carolina. And he's acknowledging the uncertainty. That's the optimism is that there's an uncertain future. Were you high on Taylor Heineke the last two years? Do you have him? No, but he's probably better than Sam Howell. Is Taylor Heineke your family member that he was coming after? I don't know. We, we saw Sam Howell play in college. People, I don't think we have any proof. I mean, you know, we it's like been the the topic du jour for the last two years that quarterbacks can improve. Some of us elder statesmen saw a top rating and Manning playing college. What are the outstanding <laughs> traits? Like I thought, dude, he was poor man's Baker Mayfield, and now we know that Baker Mayfield is poor man's Baker Mayfield. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what are what were the outstanding traits that? Sam Howell. No, that's not his argument. Stop it. That's not his argument. His argument is just, we don't know yet. No, I'm talking about Alex saying that guys can improve. Cause like we're talking when, when we say that we're referencing guys like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the, so I think that that's a false equivalency in the sense that I don't think that Sam Howell is liable to become a top five quarterback. Like, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, right? Who have improved. But that doesn't mean that an improvement isn't possible. Like, he could still improve and not have awesome traits and be fine. Like the 36th best quarterback in the NFL? I'm like 26th. But 26th best quarterback in the NFL with that defense and those players could be enough. So just play Brissett. I can't wait until Jordan Love and Sam Howell are top half average quarterbacks this year i'll come right back here on january that's actually kind of what i like about it there bryce is that he let's like say that he's terrible and he starts off the season like three and eight and gets pulled you still have like a reasonable path to get to seven and ten at that point so percent is legitimate enough that if they're really bad 
they have a recourse. And so they they don't like totally bottom out, basically. I got two reveals before I recap this whole thing. One is that literally, for so for every team, obviously, I pick over, under, and some of them I have like under with a question mark, over with a question mark. And then for the commanders, I literally just had a question mark. And that's the one team that you guys disagreed on. One went over and one went under. The other thing I will point out is that I did not like any of Alex's picks. I liked everybody's picks except Alex's, whose I generally disagreed with. Or they were like, not even disagreed with. They were like the lowest priority teams for for me in terms of like the bets that I wanted. But let's go through it, starting with me, because I picked last. My four picks, I had the over on the Lions. I had the under on the Bears. I had the under on the Rams. And I had the under on the Cardinals. So true to form, I think most of the NFC stinks. To give a little bit better information there, that was over the Lions at nine and a half. That's under the Bears at seven and a half, under the Rams at six and a half, and under the Cardinals at four and a half. Yeah, don't like don't like this conference very much. Alex, I mentioned I hated all of his picks. He picked the under on the Giants at eight and a half. He picked the under on the Bucks at six and a half. So many unders. Finally, we get an over. Alex had the Saints over nine and a half before finishing out with the commanders under six and a half. And then Bryce. Bryce, with his first pick, had the Eagles, got the over on the Eagles at 10 and a half. We all like that one pretty well. With the seventh pick overall, he had the Packers under seven and a half. Moving forward to the 10th pick, he took San Francisco over 11 and a half, feeling maybe, maybe in, in red, looking at how many overs were, were really strong bets. I mean, unders were really strong bets. Maybe over on the Niners wasn't such a crazy thing. And then with Bryce's last pick, it was over on the Cowboys at nine and a half. I think certainly a few contenders amongst the teams that Bryce picked there, the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Eagles. Last but not least, James, with the first overall pick, took the Vikings under, believing that they are fraudulent, uh, under eight and a half. Then with the eighth pick, he went over on the Falcons, and then Spider-Man weaned his way over to the Panthers with the ninth pick and took them over seven and a half wins. And last but not least, he took the, oh, that's why I can't find it. He went the other way on the commanders. He went over on the commanders with the 16th pick. And that means that we have one left to discuss, which is the Seattle Seahawks. Their line was set at eight and a half. The SIS model would have given them a seven. I sort of lean in that direction, but uh, I can see why everybody stayed away from this. I, I kind of lean towards their over mostly because of the fact that the NFC is garbage. And in terms of a staple, this is probably as close as it gets to a fringe playoff wild card level team. In the NFC West, where we're pretty low on the Rams and the Cardinals, 49ers have some question marks at quarterback. Seahawks, if you know somehow Geno Smith can turn into a top 10 quarterback again, then they certainly have the, the weapons there. They have the tackle solidified in place and continuing to grow on defense, I think, I can see Oxen go over this win total. Yeah, I mean, playing the Rams a couple times, playing the Cardinals a couple times. Geno can be as good as he was last year. Certainly, you would think that they hit it. Maybe that's a big part of what this bet actually kind of comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah, you just got to win five remaining games after you sweep the Rams and Cardinals. So, All right. Pleasure doing business with you guys. We will sign off and get out of here for 
the rest of the Sports Info Solutions R&D team. That's Alex Vigderman, James Weaver, and Bryce Rossler, along with our producer, Justin Stein. I'm Matt Maticharian. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Off the Charts Football Podcast. <laughs>